Get ready for your daily dose of marketing strategies and tactics from entrepreneurs with the guile and experience to help you find success in any marketing capacity. You're listening to Marketing School with your instructors, Neil Patel and Eric Sue. Hey, Marketing School listeners, I have an interesting stat for you. Did you know that Walmart improved their conversion rate by 2% for every second that they improved their load time? In other words, website speed helps with conversions. In addition to that, Google uses it to determine where your site ranks in their index. So the faster your website loads, the higher you'll rank. For that reason, I want to talk to you today about a company called DreamHost. DreamHost powers the web with fast websites and superior customer service brought to you by a team of web experts who are super committed to your success online. We've worked with them to create a special offer just for Marketing School listeners. All you have to do is go to dreamhost.com slash school to learn more and get your website online today. Welcome to another episode of Marketing School. I'm Eric Sue, And I'm Neil Patel. And today we're going to talk about how you can write a killer blog post. So we've talked about it quite a bit. We just Let's just get this one out of the way. Write a great headline first. It's, it all starts with the headline. But after that, I think if you look at Backlinko or Brian Dean, the way he writes his posts, he always has, he might have like a witty like quote or he might have like a, a witty like opening sentence, right? To kind of draw people into the blog post itself. So start with the headline, but then you can also continue that into, you know, the first couple of sentences or so just to keep the reader hooked. So first things first, the headline. And again, just to review, go to copy blogger, look for the magnetic headline formula. You can also do portents, uh, headline generator, copy blogger in general has great headlines. You can look at Neil's blog too. Uh, you can look at neilpatel.com or quicksprout.com. Uh, those headlines are also really good. The next thing that I would actually do, think of blogging like a presentation or a classroom lecture. When you're in class and a professor is talking at you, what usually happens? I know with me, I would fall asleep. Why? Because it's boring. The professor would just talk at me and talk at me and that's it. In essence, there's no engagement. So why not engage with your readers? You can do this by asking questions. So for example, if I was writing a blog post, let's say 101 advanced yoga techniques for beginners. And then I would start it off like in a conversation because conversations do way better than if you're just talking at people. And you can do this by questions. And you can either do this by using the word you and I. And keep in mind, I have I don't know nothing about yoga. So I may start off with, as a beginner, doesn't it suck that you can't do all these crazy cool looking yoga poses? Question mark, right? I know when I first started off, I got into yoga because I thought it was cool and hip and I liked all these amazing poses. But then when I started talking to people, they were telling me that, hey, you can't do that unless you're into yoga for at least a few years. Now, when I heard that, my heart just dropped. Why? Because I'm like, what's the point of doing something if it takes a few years before you can do the cool stuff that you really want to? But wouldn't you love to do it right now as a beginner? I know I would. And for that reason, I'm going to show you how you can leverage 101 advanced yoga techniques as a beginner. You may not get them right right away, and the poses may not be perfect or your form may not be perfect, but I'm going to show you how to get away with them so you can start doing advanced techniques from day one. So are you ready to learn? Here goes. And then I'll go into the techniques. I just made that up. Probably some of it's inaccurate because I don't know yoga, but you guys get the point. Actually, you know, Neil, it might make sense for us down the road, um, maybe at the end of this podcast to talk about some killer blogs that we really like. Um, but using subheads and uh, and bullets were necessary and also headers as well, just to organize things. Let's say you're talking about uh, SEO in a post, right? 
you're, you're teaching people how to do SEO. So maybe the first section might be, you know, what is SEO exactly? It might be an introduction. Um, just, so you'll have a little subhead for that. You might have some bullet points. And I'd also say, like, when you're trying to organize this thing out, um, don't just write walls of text. Don't write, you know, paragraphs and paragraphs of, uh, you know, walls of text because you're going to you're gonna cause people to just tune out. Um, ideally, you're doing maybe two to three sentences max. And then that way you can constantly hook people into, you know, the, 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 next, uh, the next section. Um, but anyway, continue on my example. You start with what is SEO first, right? Then you might talk about, okay, well, here's what you need to do with on-site SEO. Okay, here's on-site SEO. Here's off-site SEO, right? So you have different sections. You're organizing it. You're making it easy for people to scan. And you're also opening up later for the ability for you to take over those featured snippets in, in Google where you can have a much higher, uh, much higher click-through rate. Um, the other thing is, I would say, Try thinking about different uh, different media that you can add too. It doesn't have to be all text, right? Blog doesn't mean it's just all text. It can be your embedding videos. You could be adding, uh, you know, infographics. You could be adding uh, other other elements as well. You could be adding audio too, right? Where it makes sense. That's how you keep people engaged, and it's not just the same thing over and over. Having a really good image too. Neil has he's been doing, you know, his image process has been the same for years. Um, for us, we use Design Pickle to make our images, uh, but just having really good images that you can, you know, also for us, we like to have good images so we can also turn them into Facebook ads. We can boost them later and then we can make them into PPE or uh, page post engagement posts uh, down the road. And as Eric talked about with headings, one simple thing to do to your blog post to make them better is have a conclusion heading. The reason being is for years of owning Crazy Egg and looking at blog patterns, right? Especially with my own blogs, other people who have me run heat maps and scroll map tests on them. We found a lot of readers, they'll go to a blog post, before even reading anything other than the headline. So they first read the headline, they then scroll all the way to the bottom, and then they scroll back up and read. So if you have a conclusion that outlines what the post is about and the overall summary, and it's appealing, you have a much higher chance of getting people to read the rest of the post. Next thing I will say is all claims that you have, let's say you have ghost writers writing for you, other writers, all claims should be backed up by some kind of case study or some kind of link. Otherwise, you're just going to be spewing crap. Nobody knows if you're talking out of your ass or not. Um, but so all claims, one of our roles for our criteria is all claims need to be backed up by links. That helps really strengthen the article. And also, if you're linking out to other people, people are going to start to see that too. You can also, in some cases, build relationships with people. I remember, you know, sometimes we'll, you know, we'll link to people and then they'll reach out and say, hey, I noticed that you linked. Um, you know, can we collaborate more? Um, and that stuff actually really does happen. Yes, people do set up alerts for their links. Um, and you can use Ahrefs to do that, by the way. If you have any kind of data that can separate you from other people, so for example, um, Neil just wrote something really in depth. I think uh, Neil was pulling from different, uh, you know, software APIs, um, but it's super in depth, right? He's, he's studying, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of data points around, you know, a, a subject, and not it's not easy to reproduce, right? Let's say you have so your your competitor has ghostwriters. It's not going to be easy for them to, to reproduce that because it costs time, it costs money, and most of them most of them don't, don't think like that. But Neil's gone out of the box to do that, um, and you know other people like Brian Dean from Backlinko has has done that as well. Yeah, also spend twenty grand a month on data research. Yeah, that so too makes it hard for someone to do it because even if you work at a big company with money, they're like, "What's the ROI of that?" And then I personally just don't give a shit, so I just do whatever I want. I don't want to discourage people though because I mean, you know, we're we're doing a study right now with Ahrefs and it's costing you know maybe a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars. So you know, for people that think right when they hear the twenty grand, it's out of reach. It, it is doable um, to an extent. Yeah, and the only reason mine's expensive because I have full-time people doing it, and all they do is just come up with crazy numbers and data more than just for blog posts. So another tip for me, this is probably the last one that I have, is make your blog readable. People go to a blog to read information or watch or listen or whatever it may be. And the big thing I've noticed is 
people are still using small fonts and all this kind of little like weird colors that make it hard to read. Keep in mind, people are reading on desktops, tablets, mobile phones. Your designs need to be responsive. The text needs to be easy to read. That's why you want to use things like subheading. You want to make your content really clear. You want your paragraphs to be no more than like five or six lines at the most. And by doing this kind of stuff, it makes your content easier to skim and read. All right. And I think there's a there's a case study around that. I mean, the single rain blog before we, what for what we have now, our time on site was about on the blog was about a minute, I think a minute and 30 seconds or so. And once we did the redesign, we designed it to be more readable, more scannable, a lot more uh, white space um, just to make it more more comfortable to read, too. Um, and our time on site average now is about three minutes or so. So, you know, take a look at your favorite blogs. Look at the ones that, you know, resonate with you the most. I think there's a lot out there. I mean, I like I like how Drift's blog is set up. I like um, I like Groove HQ as well. But from a content perspective, you can see all the stuff that Neil's touched in the past, uh, whether it's uh, Kiss Metrics, Crazy Egg. You can look at Quick Sprout, Neil Patel. They're all very similar. But here's the thing, like these all combined collectively these have all driven you know millions and millions of of page views so neil what are some of your your favorite blogs besides the ones that you have i read TechCrunch a lot although they suck at headlines gawker is really good with headlines buzzfeed is i read the economist not really a blog uh, i check out cnn a lot bbc but I, I like reading a lot of the news ones and i also check out a lot of the celebrity gossip sites like tmz because they have really catchy stuff i don't really care for celebrity gossip but it helps me or at least gives me creative ideas that I could be leveraging on my own website. Awesome. And the the normal um, suspects here, copy blogger, you can check out pro blogger as well. And then also Wall Street Journal. I read a lot of Wall Street Journal. Their headlines are are pretty good. Um, sometimes I'm, I'm surprised by the stuff that people people actually like will, will share it too on Twitter. A lot of tech people too. The tech people I follow, they don't even share the TechCrunch stuff anymore. So um, if it's getting these people to share it, that means the headline is pretty good. So that's it for today's episode of Marketing School. We'll see you tomorrow. This session of Marketing School has come to a close. Be sure to subscribe for more daily marketing strategies and tactics to help you find the success you've always dreamed of. And don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best daily content possible. We'll see you in class tomorrow right here on Marketing School.